Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Meta No Meta. As always, I'm your podcast master, Tim Jensen. Along with me this episode is my good friend and pal, Woven. Hopefully that this means is if you're listening to episode two, we got you hooked. You listened to episode one, and you had to figure out what crazy shenanigans I got my character into. So without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. We just got done with our latest mission, and we are now ready to go over it with you. Tell you what happened. Hopefully you find it as funny as Matt and I are going to find it. And hopefully you learn a little bit to go with it. Unfortunately, I missed the start of this mission. I was working two Sundays ago. So I'm going to ask you to please start off this conversation since I... I know what happens, but you know it better than I do. So I'm not going to go into too much on the other characters, because I would like you to grow and learn about each person, just as Tim and I have to with our characters. But our group currently is made up of four to five, when we actually get one of our people that doesn't have to work all the time, come mm-hmm. back to game. But we'll just say four Different characters we have. What is Justin again? You'll have to remind me. The assassin, like... No, no, he built his guy. I'll give you a little preview. I like Hitman. I'm sure many of you know what Hitman is. Mm-hmm. Well, and his character's name... We'll give him his name. His character's name is Agent. That's all his character wants to be known by, and that's all his character will tell us about him. He is a man that is dressed to the nines. He has a beautiful black suit with a crisp white shirt and a bright red tie and he carries himself in the utmost demeanor and you'll have to remind me the name of our female runner well you know i was gonna ask you the same thing because our female runner her character won't give me the time of day so i don't know our female runner's name off the top of my head very good chance my character doesn't know it either. So <laughs> let's just go ahead and give a little example of how we know her. Go right ahead. All I know is that she hates me. <laughs> that is very true. I think both the meta and no meta version of her. <laughs> well, she uh, hates the no meta version. The player hates the character. Yes. yes, she does not hate you, that's for sure. Um, we're going to go ahead and give her a name. I'm sorry, Sam. I won't say anything bad about you. Love you. Sam is playing a... Oh, gosh. So this is the downfall of playing many different games with the same group. You begin to twist and skew them. I know in many of those games that I play, I will call sam's character the wrong name from a wrong game and Mm -hmm. she always gives me the scolding look and i'm trying to remember if she's a fiery redhead in this game or if i'm thinking of another game she is not a fiery redhead you're thinking of pathfinder no i think i'm thinking of fifth edition oh that is fifth edition that's correct and that like you said that is the problem with playing with our group that we've been playing with for quite a while We like to go from game to game, and the players are all the same, but the characters change and kind of blur together to some degree. Like, I wanted to call her Leo Kendra, which is the 
most famous character I know her from, but that is from GURPS. <laughs> oh, we're going to be learning just along with the rest of these viewers. I cannot <laughs> remember. But well, anyways, she's basically playing a... I don't she's wanna... magically adept. Yes. yes, she is very much magically adept. A powerhouse magically adept, I assure you. I've seen some blasts from her. She's in our group, as well as myself, the hacker, and our not-so-lovable Walter. Uh, so this group, without Walter, because he was actually in the hospital from the previous game, he made some lovable choices. This will have to be a bonus episode we'll do we will go back and re-record what i have titled the mcdonald's massacre <laughs> very nice so basically you were in the hospital because of that mcdonald massacre uh, however you were at work in real life but we had put you in the hospital within the game for over a week a week and a half somewhere in there well, to be so, fair, I needed to be in the hospital. And, and yes, you needed to be in the hospital. And when we say hospital, this is 2075 where everybody wants to kill everybody and you've got, you're loaded with guns. You're not actually walking into a hospital and having nurses heal you up. You're at a Motel 6 with a street doc. I wanted to go to a hospital, but Interwoven <laughs> decided a Motel 6 would suffice. So he's in there when the group, which is consistent of, I had mentioned, Justin, Sam, and myself with our DM, Eric, giving us a message for Mr. Johnson. Now, who a Mr. Johnson is in Shadowrun is every person that has a contract of some kind to give you a job to make some money. That's a Mr. Johnson. If you get contacted by your fixer who says, I got a Mr. Johnson for you. That means you got a job for a possible nice bank of cash. Mr. Johnson. Your handlers. Yes. Mr. Johnson wants us to meet up at a fancy restaurant, which I would not do. I tried my best to not be involved in sitting next to these other people because I cannot and will not have my face be seen. So I do my best to try and get somebody else to take my spot to sit in that seat. What I do is I, I go up like an idiot, uh, granted I'm a 19-year-old kid, to a poor kid and say, here's 100 creds, and creds, Nuyen is what it's called in Shadowrun. It's on a cred stick, and I say, I want you to be at this restaurant at this time where this earpiece, which I can talk to a man and listen from, and be... My proxy, in a sense. When the time comes for all of us to meet up there, I have him show up early. He walks into this place that's supposed to be suit and tie only, smelling like utter crap. And it's because this poor kid spent the hundred creds on drugs, crapped himself, and didn't care. He was happy. See, and this is part of the your character that I enjoy. It's not that he's not bright your character is very smart it's just that his age makes him naive well i learned from that and i walked into the restaurant with the hoodie to keep my face covered 
and I find a busboy who is happy to take the job for another 100 creds. Now, this one worked much better until it didn't. He sat down with the rest of the group, Agent and Sam's character, only to not succeed in what I needed him to succeed. What happened was the Mr. Johnson wanted the chat to be private, pulled out what I call a black hole. It masks everything. It completely covers that table in an invisible bubble, keeping out all form of wavelengths. Wi-Fi uh, signals. Yes. So okay. I was completely cut off from the conversation, and the kid got up said, do I got to give him the 100 creds back? They said that would be nice, but he ran out the back door, and I lost another 100 creds. Oh, boy. So now, do you think that that Mr. Johnson was on to you? No, I made it very clear that I didn't show my face, and I do my business from afar. I even went as far as walking in, getting close to the table, and saying, I don't do business face-to-face, turn off that black hole, here's my phone. Once again, naive. In Shadowrun, your phone is your most prized possession. Not necessarily. Well, for me, it's the cyber deck, and for you, it's your kids. My grenade launchers, yeah. Yes. But for those that aren't... (laughs) Psychotic. (laughs) Yes. It's your phone or your cyberdeck. Cyberdeck is a tablet, in a sense. So, naive. And this was just basically my own stupidity as a player. I should have known better. But I set my phone down and told him to get rid of the black hole so I can listen to the call from afar. So I can converse with them from afar. And when I leave, they don't get rid of the black hole. I don't hear anything, but as soon as, and I'm giving you the perception from my character, as soon as the meeting is over and the job is given, he gets rid of the black hole, and one of the beautiful things about my character is I have cybernetic eyes that is connected to my phone. So right then, my phone is reconnected to me, and pictures pop up in my eyes. Pictures of this, oh, I forgot to mention Mr. Johnson's an orc. And he thought it'd be fun to send me below the belt. Ah, so he was sending you some orc shots. That's that's sadly right. Mm. Thankfully, I can quickly delete them. Well, I don't think those are illegal in 2075. Probably not, but no. it's not moral either. I got <laughs> and so, yeah, we took on a job, which was seems basic. But as the player who's played a long time, I can't help but overthink that there's got to be something more to it. And most of the time there is. And that sadly, that transfers into the game. But it's a basic Mr. Johnson had hired somebody who wasn't working out for his company. So he wanted us to return that somebody back to the old company. These two companies known as Microdeck, his old company. And we will call the other one because I'm sorry, I can't remember the name. Uh, new you deck. Okay. So that's our job. We go to new you. We speak to a Mr. Drummond. Dr. Drummond, yeah. Dr. Drummond. And we need to have him go back without... So it's a return to sender mission. 
return to sender because Mr. Johnson doesn't want it to look bad for firing him, and killing him would also look bad. Well, he was an important figurehead at Microdeck, correct? <laughs> yeah, hmm. sure. Well, that's what we're told. That's what we're told, but we quickly find out that's not who he is. He's just simply... You know what? I'm getting a, I'm getting ahead of myself. There wasn't really much more from that game that you missed. Really, you chimed in pretty quickly after that. So let's let's jump over to what you jumped into. Okay, so basically, well, I'll summarize the rest of your game. Um, Justin filled me in on it. Basically, you guys spent the rest of the game babysitting him and stroking his ego, correct? They did. Justin and Sam's character did just that. Mm -hmm. I, interwoven, however, decided to scout Microdeck to the best of his abilities, um, not succeeding much, and then returning home because our job was to get him over to Microdeck by 7 p.m. the following night. Okay, all right. So you want you want me to jump in now? Yeah, basically uh, they took him out, stroked his ego, got him drunk, and put him up into a uh, red roof inn. Well, my character just went back to his house and slept in his own bed for most of the day. Okay, all right. So, like Matt had said, I had been spent the first of... I was out of... In game time, I was out of commission for about two weeks. Uh, the McDonald's massacre happened, and we were able to run out of... Well, I won't give any spoilers, but I was laid up in bed for about two weeks. Interwoven was generous enough to give me his street doctor and a medical kit to get me healed up. And luckily for myself, being a man who lives down by the river in a van, I was in a Motel 6, which was a very nice upgrade. And little did Interwoven know they have pay-per-view. So me playing the way I'm playing, my character being a sleazeball. I said, yeah, tell you what, do they have pay-per-view on this TV? And Eric goes, well, yeah, of course, it's a hotel. They got pay-per-view. And I go, well, they've got the triple X pay-per-views, right? He goes, well, yeah, it's a hotel. And I go, all right, Matt, I'm going to roll one dice, and we'll see how many videos I buy. Four. All right. So I bought four pay-per-views. And Eric goes, well, are those... Uh, regular watching pay-per-views or are they this is the future of course or are they fully immersive pay-per-views and i go i'll tell you what matt i'll roll the dice even fully immersive odd regular pay-per-view of course it was even of course so eric goes well matt that just raised your bill by well, i think it said 250 dollars new so, yen on there yeah yeah, so Interwoven was very happy when he saw that bill for four fully immersive videos on his tab. Little did your character know, he knew about it long before he got the bill, because being as paranoid as Interwoven is, he didn't just send you a street doctor, he sent you a nice recorded room so he could keep tabs on you and get all the information that he possibly could on who you were. 
Oh, and he saw a lot. Uh, he saw a lot more than he cared to. He saw a lot more than he needed to. <laughs> so after the first week at the Motel 6, my character then returns home to the van down by the river. Uh, he spends that week talking to his contact, which is another big part of Shadowrun. You cannot be a Shadowrunner unless you know people. You have to know people who can get you things. You scratch their backs, and they scratch yours. I was looking to get some nice, high-grade explosives for my grenade launchers. Because then all I had was tear gas. And what's the fun with tear gas when you can get something that actually blows up? So I spent about a week every day talking on my phone with my arms dealer, Mick, or Mickey as I call him trying to get my hands on some equipment. And there was a good a lot of back-and-forth tugging with me and Eric. Uh, and I try not to be the player who moans and groans. I usually go with what Eric says because Eric's usually right. And Eric said, well, Tim, you can walk into Walmart and buy a box of ammunition. And I go, yeah. He goes, how many grenades can you buy at Walmart? And I go, None. He goes, yeah, it's not easy to get. And I go, all right, well, here's $500. I'm just going to forward Mick 500 new yen, and we'll see what he can get me. And Eric just looks at me and goes, all right, I can work with that. So I spent the week there. On the day that the mission actually happened, I'm finally caught up chronologically to where Matt, Justin, and Sam left off. I had a knock on my van. And they said, we got a job for you. Oh, I should preface this. My character suffers from bipolar. He is a bipolar character. And at the start of the game, Eric rolls a dice and determines my mood. Unfortunately, he rolled that I was suffering from depression this game. So everything I rolled was at a minus two. My character is suffering from crippling depression, and he's got offered a job. So he tells the guy to open the door. And standing there is not a Mr. Johnson, but two tweakers who are now rummaging through my stuff and taking everything they can. I look at them and say, guys, please, not today. I don't want to kill you. They start to laugh. And they keep taking my stuff. I go, guys, one more warning. Please just stop. At that point, I pull up my cybernetic arm. Because I have a cybernetic arm. I lost my real arm somehow. I know how I lost it. I just don't want to say it yet. I pull up my cybernetic arm and eject the handgun I have hidden in my cybernetic arm. Which is another thing I love about. Shadowrun, just the sci-fi of it. I roll to hit the guy. I hit him successfully. I do 10 damage. That's enough to kill him if Eric doesn't roll good. And Eric did not roll good. Eric rolled so bad that he did what in Shadowrun is called a glitch. So, Matt, would you mind helping me explain how dice rolling in Shadowrun works? Since this is the first example we have of rolling... Shadowrun is much different rolling system. It's 
similar to GURPS in the sense of if you've played GURPS where you roll six-sided dice. But that's just about where it ends. In Shadowrun, you are rolling your skill. So Mm -hmm. he would be rolling a shot of some kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what would you, what did you roll? What what skill? It was, it was a single shot. Um, And for that, it tells you how many D6 it wants you to roll. Uh, For the single shot of my pistol was six dice. So I grabbed six dice and rolled them. That's right. You rolled six dice. And what you're looking for is successes and botches. Mm. Now, successes are fives and sixes and botches are one anything in between the two through five two through four is it means nothing it means absolutely nothing now say you got uh two fives and one six now that's three successes and you got a one that's one botch the botches glitches however you want to call it don't do anything unless you get half or more of the dice you roll. So he rolled six dice. He would need to get at least three ones to get a soft fail. Mm -hmm. But if he got half, which is three ones, and no successes, that would be a critical fail. I think it's just if you don't, as long as you have at least one glitch and no successes, if you don't have... That's a critical glitch. That one is can also be considered a critical glitch as well. You are correct about that. Yeah. And Eric rolled a critical glitch, having no successes at all on these tweakers. But well, and a good analogy is a critical glitch is essentially rolling a natural one in D and D. Yes. Something bad is going to happen to the person that rolled that one. So I successfully kill the first tweaker with one shot. Eric then rolls, and he critically glitches. That tweaker's arm goes up, and he shoots his best friend in the head. Eric goes, well, good job. You just killed two guys with one bullet. And I go, yay. Very nice. It was. It made me happy, because that was my first real getting into combat and actually doing something for Shadowrun. And it... It went well, and it made me happy. So then, basically, at that point, uh, I believe I'm working on cleaning up my van, and I realize there's too much gray matter in my van to make it salvageable. So I decide to go start looking for a new van. What could go wrong in a futuristic Seattle when you're looking for a van to sleep in? Here we are getting to some highlights, please. Get your notebooks out. So, I find a van. Eric tells me I find a nice-looking van. I mean, it's a little beat up, but it's good. First question, any good rogue or thief will ask, was it locked? Well, duh, Tim. Of course it's locked. It's a van in the future of a post-apocalyptic dystopian society. It's locked. Okay, all right, all right. So, can I unlock it? Eric goes, what skills do you have? I go, well, I got an automotive mechanic skill. Eric goes, that'll work. I'll work with that. Go ahead and start rolling. First roll, I had one success. He goes, all right, you're starting to jimmy it. Second roll, one success. He goes, oh, you're getting close. The horn's going off, but you're getting close. Third roll, glitch. 
He goes, good job, your cyber arm just punched right through the windshield. I go, ah, did I get in at least? He goes, yeah, you got in. I go, sweet. Where are the keys? He goes, they're not in there. I go, why not? He goes, would you leave your keys in that car? No, but I could hope. (laughs) So now I'm trying to hotwire this car. All of a sudden, I hear a nice little knock on the window. Who do you think it is? It's the police officer that is sitting at the diner right across the street who just spent the last half hour watching me try to break into the car. While eating a bear claw. I believe uh, Eric said it best. He said that officer sat there for a half hour. The guy who owns the car finally walks up to the officer and goes, Hey, that guy's breaking into my car. Police officer goes, Yeah, I know. He's doing a real bad job at it, too. Let's go ahead and watch this for a few. Oh, he just broke the window. I should probably go talk to him. Yeah. (laughs) This is where it goes downhill real quick. So I decide to try and convince the police officer that it's my car and I lost my keys. So Eric goes, you know what? I'll allow it. Go ahead and roll your con check at a minus two because you're depressed. And then add, take one more dice off because that guy has proof that it is his car. My, <laughs> my con check is a four. I was rolling four dice. I lost three of them. I roll one. The second it hits the board, Eric goes, you fail. (laughs) And you, of course. But why? The cop's holding a phone with proof and a picture that it's not yours. I didn't say my guy was bright. (laughs) He thought he could get away with it. He didn't know that he had the proof yet. I don't even think you stopped there. I think you kept going with it. I tried again, yeah. You I did. Tried you you tried that... to basically... Oh, I called the owner a liar. I said, that's not his car. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is all a conspiracy. So then I decide, oh, you know what? For once in my life, Walter will be a model citizen. And <laughs> he starts handing over his tool, his uh, weapons, because he's going to get arrested. He knows it. It wouldn't be his first time. He's going to get arrested, so he hands over all of his weapons. Interject here. This show is called Meta No Meta for a reason. And we have it more geared towards teaching you how to not meta. But there are some times when you should meta. And I feel like this is one of those moments where you look at your buddy and say, Dude, tell your character to stop. You mean like all of you were shouting at me last night? Yes. Even Eric was shouting at me, just stop while you're behind? Even the DM is Mm. shouting at you with both our eyes and mouths and facial expressions to get you to meta and tell your character, whoa, because when you pulled out your gun from your cyber arm to say, here, officer, you missed one. What? No, see, he was trying to be a model citizen, and me being the player, I made the mistake of falling into my role. I should have metaed and been like, oh, I've got my cyber arm gun hidden away. He, 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 shh. 
But I said, well, if he's being good about this, he already found the two guns. He'll find the other one. I will just offer it up and see if we can't find a way to work this out. You worked it out just fine. He left with your guns. He did leave with my guns. But I didn't go to jail. Now you're weaponless. I am weaponless. I remember correctly, you said your guns are your kids. Those grenade launchers are Walter's babies. That is correct. Uh, He is suffering from a bipolar episode, and now he was robbed, and his children were kidnapped. That's where we couldn't stop laughing. He said he was robbed. But why are you certain you were robbed? He was a crooked cop. There it is. (laughs) He was a crooked Uh, cop. Ladies and gentlemen, you have gotten to the core of exactly who this character is. That crooked cop robbed me, and he told everybody who was willing to listen. And uh, I feel like that was nobody. Nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody. (laughs) Actually, I remember correctly, there was a guy that walked up to you on the street and offered to help you and even called the cops and said, Hey! This guy said his weapons got stolen by a cop. Uh, can I get those back for him? And the cops left and hung up on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. He, he was at least trying to help. He sat there and watched me get robbed. You know, I should go find that guy. Yeah, you could be best buddies. Be roommates. You need a place to live. He did offer me a room. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure with knowing Eric well enough, there's some strings attached. So, speaking of roommates and places to live, let's get on to the next segment of last night, where Interwoven had a knock at his door. It was still early in the day, waiting for nighttime to come. We were supposed to take Dr. Drummond, or as I believe we like to call this episode, Dr. Dipstick, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Microdeck. And yes, viewers, I am saying Microdeck. D-E-C-K. Please keep your minds focused here. We are to take him over there at 7 and get him convinced to go back to that place to work and also his co-workers convinced to take him back. Uh, However, I get a knock at my door and, of course, the first thing I say is, all right, I go to the windows and I climb out. Because my guy is a very paranoid and doesn't want to be known kind of character. Ah, uh, 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 no, no, no. What's that? Uh, you climbing out the windows. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to climb out the windows. Because if you remember, we mentioned earlier, lifestyle is one of the choices you get in this game. Now, in Shadowrun, our DM highly suggests and allow us to put forth that suggestion to you. After just a couple of games, I agree. Never put your lifestyle at number one to be rich because money is super easy to come by in this game. And when you do that, you're sacrificing skill, attributes, a lot more important things that are harder to increase in this game. So all of our characters have chosen to listen to that advice and basically have low lifestyles. To be fair, you have a low lifestyle. I have no lifestyle. Because you squander. You don't know how to spend your money. I am a squatter who lives in a van down by the river. You just have to live in Section 8 housing. You have a lifestyle as well, but you chose to add to your backstory that you squandered everything. Correct, correct. You're the equivalent of 
Section 8 housing. Yes, where my lights go off at a certain time, I get water every other day, and my windows are barred. Well, you don't want people going in, do you? And they don't want people getting out either. <laughs> so, I didn't get to climb out the window. I didn't get to leave. I decided the smart thing to do is be a 19-year-old kid. I took off my hoodie, and I opened the door. The first person to ever see my face was somebody who was at the wrong door. I it believe was, he was looking for a uh, Rex. Yes, it was not Rex, thankfully. Uh, but I did notice, is because in this game we'd mentioned everything's AR, my cybernetic eyes, it pinged as long as you have cheap crap and you leave it connected to the internet, the wireless, that stuff will ping in my eyes. I will see that you have a phone, it's in your pocket, it's pinging. I'll see you have cybernetic eyes because you're connected without having any kind of security with it, or very poor security, I should say. Now, when you I, say AR, I'm going to hop in here quick. AR, of course, stands for augmented reality. Exactly. Okay. It's going to be basically the Matrix outside of the Matrix. You're okay. getting Yes, you're not inside the Matrix, but you're still getting all the readings of stuff connected to the Matrix. And okay. the last item connected would be a gun that he had inside of his jacket. This was clearly a low-life thug of some kind who was looking for a certain target. Now, I was concerned that his eyes were recording my face. So once he realized he had the wrong door, he walked to the next door. And as he was knocking... I started to hack him, and that's exactly what I did. I first told him as I was hacking, because you can hack with my with your eyes, which I was doing. I basically, my brain's connecting my eyes and telling my eyes, do this, this, this. When I'm your hacking. eyes are connected to the matrix. Yes. Hmm. So it's, it's uh, I guess, kind of like a touch screen, and then you hover your eye... I don't know really the details on it, but you're hovering your eye over the certain tab that you want, and then you blink, and you're opening that tab up. It's very poor description of how it's being done. You can make make it up how you wish it's being done. But I hack into his gun, and while I'm hacking into it, of course there's difficulties to do this, and there's rolling and all this stuff, but I don't want to waste your time with all that. Right. As I'm hacking into it, I decide to distract this character a little bit and say... I every time he's home, that guy's always hacking into my phone while I'm playing video games and screwing with me. So I'd be careful, trying to cause a distraction so he doesn't focus on the fact that I'm hacking. And when I get into his, um, oh, I'm gonna backtrack. I was hacking into his eyes. While I'm getting into his eyes, I decide to send out his data spike, which is basically a matrix punch, mm -hmm. to destroy his gun. Oh, okay. Yeah, to make him think the guy behind that door destroyed his gun so it was easier to hack his eyes. Okay. This is where it gets really ugly. As soon as I destroy his gun, that's Rex behind that door. Rex opens it, and what do you call those guns? An Uzi pulls out? Uh, yeah, a uh, submachine gun. Yeah. Rex is holding it in his face, 
And the guy in the suit pulls out his gun quickly. Click. Nothing. Black, 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 black. I had destroyed his gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the guy had gotten killed. And one thing I didn't mention about my character is he has combat paralysis. He does not do combat the, at well at all. And if he has to, he freezes. Unless it's in the Matrix, he can fight fairly well. So he saw that gun. He saw the blood face first. And he started to hyperventilate. Going back to his room as quick as he can and just kind of stuck in the corner. Not sure what to do next. Yeah, seeing, uh, well, seeing and causing somebody to get murdered in cold blood, needless to say, sent him into some shock. Which, uh, that would happen. So we'll fast forward. Uh, that was just another funny little anecdote. Finally, Interwoven decides to get a hold of and gets into contact with my character. And you say, hey, you have a job for me to do. Now, this was during a time where he was doing his dumb stuff, if I can say. Can I say that? I'm going to say that. It Ooh, was me? Yes. Yes, I- yes. While he was, uh, he was recuperating from being robbed and his children being kidnapped. These are the moments where you want to interject, but you know it would be meta. However, I had determined beforehand that he would be the perfect candidate to handle, I once again, ignorant, to handle Dipstick Drummond. So Instead you wanted of, the dummy to babysit the dummy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This Drummond is very annoying to both Justin and Sam's character, and I decided to help them out by sending over another dummy. A proxy for them to get away and watch from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one way I was able to intervene without intervening in Tim's very poorly <laughs> play. Just, just say it. <laughs> just uh, it was just bad. So yeah, this it's it's times like these where you have to say, all right. I was already planning on getting a hold of him, so this isn't me going to be meta. Well, because I did scold you. I said, Matt, don't just text me because my character screwed himself up. And to your defense, you had said, well, I already had it wrote down and had planned on doing it. Yes. So you want to do your best to not meta. Like I said, very few times, maybe, maybe you should consider it, but... Like when you're watching a player give away his livelihood. Exactly like that. So I text him, tell him to come babysit. He fails that horribly. Now, hold on. I just, I didn't think you wanted to keep going. No, 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 no. (laughs) I did not, I didn't fail. I failed horribly at babysitting. I did a terrible job babysitting. Um, My character, unfortunately suffers from addictions and on his uber ride over to the red roof inn he helped himself to some of his supply uh let me, because let me give you another example of who his character is his character found a favorite uber driver ahmed and now that's the only uber driver he'll ever call uh-huh oh i call ahmed for everything I'll wait. I my character waits an hour for Ahmed to show up. It's got to be Ahmed. Mm-hmm. I even called him an Uber myself, and he's like, "But this ain't Ahmed." 
Oh, I was mad that I... Well, to be fair, Ahmed was busy at that point, so I had to use your Uber. You had to, but you didn't want to. I was fine with it, though, because your Uber driver had free Twinkies. <laughs> Continue on. <laughs> uh, so we get to the Red Roof Inn. My character is now chasing the dragon, if you will. Uh, he just stands out in the parking lot shouting for Matilda. Luckily, Matt's character, Interwoven's not there, but Justin and Sam start freaking out because they hear somebody yelling for Matilda. They look out the window, and they see an idiot in a yellow three-piece suit. I wonder who they, that idiot could be. They remember him clear as day, and they're anxious. They are extremely anxious. And he is standing in the parking lot yelling for Matilda. Where are you at, Matilda? I'm sorry. I want to come back together and make things up. Now, this isn't my character being high. This is my character being stealthy. This is as coy as my character gets. He thinks that if he just starts shouting a random name, that eventually one of those two characters I know are in there somewhere are eventually just going to open the door and go, shut up and get in here. That didn't work. No, it didn't work at all. You decided it would be great to say, what room number? What room number? What room number? This is him texting me because, remember, he's not tech savvy at all. At mm -hmm. all. He barely knows how to text. But he texts and texts and texts. It was blowing my phone up. So I decide to... I, I've already hacked into his phone long before because it's the crappiest crap of phone and just the easiest thing to hack into i decided uh -huh. to blow it up with the data spike just to get him to shut up yeah and so. i contact the other two to say he's there get him <laughs> hey it works doesn't it my methods are unorthodox but they worked they eventually work yes i'll give you that uh-huh uh-huh even though I'm now out of a bricked phone, but that led to another good moment. Uh, so finally, Sam and Justin allow me into their room. They give me a babysitting list. Do this, this, and this. Don't let him do this, this, and this. And they leave. So what's the first thing I'm going to do when I find a passed out man on the floor? Well, what's he got on him? Oh, he's got a really nice phone. My phone just broke. Perfect. And I put his phone into my pocket. He wakes up about a half hour later. I'm sitting there watching TV because somebody told them to lock out the pay-per-view section. <laughs> Having to watch basic cable. I don't got very many good things in his life, Matt. Don't take away his pay-per-view. It's going to happen. <laughs> so the doctor comes to and says, where's my phone? What phone? The phone that was in my pocket. I don't know. So this brings up a gripe. I'm still, I'm, I thought about this. He then picks up a landline. It's 2075. There's no landlines anymore. Yeah, I would almost think there's no landlines nowadays. But, but there's they, still landlines. There's still landlines. Maybe the Red Roof Inn still has landlines in 2075. He picks up the landline. And calls his phone, and of course it's in my pocket. Sir, why do you have my phone? Well, I was trying to order us Chinese food. 
how are you going to do that on a locked phone, genius? I don't know. That's why I was trying to unlock it. You have to keep in mind, viewers, that when this Drummond wakes up, he was originally with two other people that was planning on taking him to Microdeck mm-hmm. with some stinky-looking homeless dude in yellow that is sitting there stealing his phone. Yes, needless to say, I creeped out Dr. Drummond a little bit. Uh, I go, all right, dude, well, I'm here to watch you. I'm taking you to Microdeck. Just go ahead and order us some food. He goes, all right, yeah, I'll order you some food. My character then goes, all right, food's on the way. I'm going to go shower because I haven't showered in about a week. So the doctor, he's ordered, to, to his credit, Dr. Drummond was ordering Chinese food for us. What else was he doing, Matt? Because I think you know more than I do. Yeah, Dr. Drummond was <laughs> ordering Chinese food to drug you to get away. But he quickly realized... Dr. Drummond might not be as dumb as this guy is because he just left me alone to go take a shower. I can just run away. So, yeah, he called an Uber, didn't he? I believe so, yes. He snuck out. Sam's character wasn't far, but she didn't notice him sneaking out. Right, and he was heading back to the company that wanted to get rid of him. That's right. And Justin's character had actually left, we have to interject, to buy you a new phone because I'd broken yours and I said we need to have him have a phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I get out of the shower, I get dressed. There's a phone laying on the bed, my new burner phone. I go, all right. And I put it in my pocket. Shortly after, there's a knock on the door and I get my Chinese food. I turn around to give Dr. Drummond his share. And Dr. Drummond isn't there. He is long gone. Thankfully, my character had hacked his phone long before while Dr. Drummond was out. Justin's character had provided me an opportunity to do so. And I had cloned his phone and I had had it been tracked. So he never got away. I contacted him. He said, I'm going back. And I basically just told him, hey, go back to Microdeck or I take your privates. Uh, That was poorly worded. He had private pictures on his phone. And, okay, let me let me give you an example of how dumb this Dr. Drummond is. He had a blackmail list on his phone that was not protected at all. It was, it was just sitting there. Once you unlock his phone, it was just sitting there. But then he had locked stuff within his phone that I had to dig even deeper in. Was there anything good? Virtual golf pictures. <laughs> That's it. Virtual golf. His blackmail list was there in the open. His virtual golf pictures were hidden. To Dr. Drummond's credit, he did cherish those pictures because you were able to successfully blackmail him with them. I did. I sent him one that I had cloned and deleted it rather than hacking back into his phone. I just tricked him and I Mm -hmm. said, I'll delete the rest of them unless you meet up at Microdeck at 7. And he did. So speaking of contacting people, you gave Justin $50 to buy me my new phone. And you told Justin he needed to give the other $50 to get the phone. Well, Justin's character agent didn't care for that idea. So he took your $50 and went to a pawn shop to get me a used burner phone, which my character, he doesn't know or he doesn't care. I forgot about this part. Oh, please continue. 
Yes, my character, as soon as he puts that phone into his pocket, gets a call from a lovely gentleman named Jamal. He goes, hey, where are you at? Well, I'm at the Red Roof Inn. All right, what room number? 123. You got my stuff? Oh, I got your stuff, all right. I'll be there in 10 minutes. See, here's another. See, my character knows what he's doing. My character knows that he's not in room 123. My character knows he's in room 124. But he doesn't know who that is that he's talking to, and something good might come out of it. So my character goes back to eating his Chinese food, and 10 minutes later, he hears a car pull up, two doors close, the door next door, 123, gets kicked in, and about 30 rounds of ammunition get let off in room 123. Two car doors close, and a car speeds off. Uh, and then we had a little bit of fun with that. <laughs> you call him back and say, oh, man, I got that wrong. It was room 125. Yes, yes. That's at 123. I'm at 125. Sorry. No, our, that Eric didn't let me call him back. Our but it, jaws dropped because we really thought they just came up and killed some innocent people in 123, but... Thankfully, the room was empty. Uh, thankfully, the room was empty. But Eric did let me add Jamal as a contact. <laughs> Are you serious? I did not catch that part. Yes, I saved him as a contact. He is a 1-1 contact. <laughs> so now I have Jamal, who I can call up. And I think if I keep t- antagonizing him, I could go, Hey, man, I'm at the IHOP. Come get me if you dare. And hang up. <laughs> If there's somebody at the IHOP we want to get rid of, Jamal could help us out. That's genius. Oh, my gosh. That's so genius. If only that would work. I just don't feel like it would. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. So then anyways, I call Ahmed because who else would I call? I realize I'm late for our meeting at Microdeck, so I have to call Ahmed. Unfortunately, he's busy, so I have to wait a half hour for Ahmed. Which you do. Uh, I do. I do do. Eventually, Ahmed shows up, and I tell him, all right, I need to get to uh, Microdeck. We have a meeting at 7. He goes, well, you do realize it's 6.30, and it's on the other end of town. I go, yes, come on, Ahmed. You're my Uber driver for a reason. Just get me there. And we take off. Now, I'll let you take over for the next segment. I wanted to add another little gem here. Maybe there would have been better timed, but I can't stop thinking about it. Anytime... And I cracked up the first time this happens, so it's now a thing always. Anytime one of us contacts via text to this wonderful character of Tim's. Mm-hmm. Walter Heyman, yeah. Walter Haven. Please, please, what do you do? New phone, who dis? <laughs> and to his credit, a lot of the time he does have a new phone. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny to me. Some viewers are like, well, what is that? But it just, I don't it just, know. It, it Sometimes helps build his character. It works so great. And uh, I just, I wish, sometimes I wish the viewers were there for the moments where these little gems pop out and they're just, they're wonderfully funny. Uh-huh. So we are now all at Microdeck. We're wrapping this up here with this ending. We get drum in there. I, of course, am on the roof. My character, he's a knight character. He's 
He's on the fly hacker. He's a running hacker. I don't just sit around hacking. And what I have is a grappling hook, which is connected to my arm. And I use that grappling hook to get around quite often. And so I grapple myself to the roof to watch things. Of course, this is a corporate that has cameras all over. I snuck around the cameras, got to the roof, and thankfully the roof cameras were all pointed in the center because they don't really expect people to grapple to the top. This is a corporate, a corporation that's out in the middle of nowhere almost. There's not buildings around it. So they really don't expect someone to grapple to the roof. But I'm basically on the roof watching and connecting. I'm a guy who has to have eyes. So I connect with my teammates, either phone or... They're cybernetics. Yeah. Yeah. Justin's character does not have cybernetic eyes, but he has goggles that has a camera. I connect to that. I connect to Sam's contact lenses, which has a camera, and I watch through them. I am very support character. Allow me to interject here really quick. It's sometimes good to just play a support character because it helps you to not feel like you have to be the one that saves the day all the time, to be the one that gets all the glory shots, and you're willing to allow your team to to have a lot of fun too. A lot of players are just like, oh, I've got I've got to have the glory shots. You guys see this one? When you focus on that, a lot of the times you get those glory shots and the rest of your team wasn't even really paying attention. So just try to have fun. There's your advertisement for the cleric class. (laughs) There you go. So, yep, I'm watching from the ceiling. They walk into micro deck where there is a female security guard that you wink at. I wink at her uh, because she's an attractive lady. Why wouldn't I wink at her? I'm a sleazeball. And to my surprise, she smiles back at me. So at this point for me, the mission is over. I tell the guys, I, Sam and Justin's character, I say, all right, you guys can handle this. You can take him upstairs, get him situated. I'm going to go sit on the couch over here and make sure everything's going fine. Matt likes to elaborate, and he asked, said this last night. He said, I said, well, I'm just going to keep, keep an eye on the security guard. Matt goes, well, you're just staring at her, aren't you? Is your tongue hanging out? No. I was keeping an eye on her. Yeah, an eye, that's right. An eye and a tongue on her. I was keeping an eye on her. Uh, and to my credit, it worked because she came over and started a conversation with me. Not a friendly conversation. She said, said hey, what are you doing here? Why did Dr. Drummond just go in that door? And why did two armed guards take him upstairs? See, now here's an example of meta. I had a gut feeling me the player i had a gut feeling and i decided to go with it and this was another situation where i think the players at the table wanted to be screaming at me why are you doing this don't do this but luckily they held themselves back and they let me play my character the way i wanted to they didn't want me to trust her but i had a gut feeling that i should trust her and i went with that gut feeling i said Well, we were paid to bring him back to work here. She goes, well, how many of them are of you are there? I said, well, there's me, the two that went upstairs and then interwoven is here somewhere. I don't know where he is. And I'll let you jump in from that point, Matt. I, as a player and the character, became very interested by this security guard and allow me to explain why. She realized there was more, and so she decided to to start looking around 
but she never moved from that seat. Now, I had eyes on Sam and Justin's character. However, there's no eyes on your character whatsoever. But I'm hacked into your phone. Mm -hmm. So I hear everything, but I don't see everything. While she's looking for information, I send him a text that says tit for tat. And what do you need a tic-tac for? Yeah, he decides to tech pack and say tit for tat. And then he calls me and said, what do you need a tic-tac for? What are you talking about? I say information for information and hang up on him. And then I, I covered myself very coyly saying, oh, that was just my brother. He's got a hot date tonight. He was looking for his tic-tacs. And she says, no, he said tit for tat. You're sitting in front of a camera. I saw exactly what it was. So she recognized immediately that there is likely a hacker in the building. And the beautiful thing about this character is she was a... I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. I could be wrong. Please continue to watch and find out. I am pretty certain she is a uh, cybernetic clone. And... She sat back, didn't move, sat back, meditated, and then came back to to reality. Mm-hmm. She was what we assumed was a... Uh, what do they call them in this game again? I think they call them technomancers. Technomancers. We assumed she was, you know, something along the lines of what I do, a hacker. And she was just getting a reading on, you know, where I'm at. Am I hacking something? She somehow, and I still don't know how, figured out where I was at. I was hidden very well on the roof. But she stands up, walks away from... Please say your character's name again. Uh, Walter. Walter Haven. Haymick. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, he's the day man. Oh, gotcha. Walter, she walks away from Walter, and all of a sudden, I feel a tap on the back of my hood. And there she is, was standing on top of an air vent. Mm-hmm. Didn't even walk through the entrance. Five stories up, nonetheless. Five stories up. Tim is believing that this is more of just, when you play these games, you can't really keep uh, the chronological order right. He just figures our DM, Eric, jumped from one spot to the next. But I still feel like that this is a cybernetic clone, that she's a security guard uh, with five others exactly like her. And she jumps from each one by meditating like she did. And uh, this part was my glory moment. She's there. She's very kind. Very. She caught me hacking. And she just said, what are you doing here? I was very interested in her. Like, I don't know who you are, but I like you. I'd covered my face to make sure she couldn't see it. She said, all right, let's go ahead and leave. Now, remember, I don't like to be near people. I don't like to be in closed spaces. She wanted me to go down the elevator with her. So I asked for a pen, grabbed out a piece of paper, and wrote down my number, a number, and I jumped off the roof. This is where the rolls happened, and... The rules really helped you out here. You got lucky. Ah, I really did. In Shadowrun, you have what is called edge. And edge is basically luck. Just like Tim said, lucky. She has, all the characters have edge. And she had edge as well. Eric was rolling out the butt for her. 
to make sure that she caught me because in her eyes, she sees this kid just jumping off the roof now. She really is a nice character, but she just sees me jumping off the roof. So she goes to catch me. Now, I am a very nimble type of character. I'm very weak, not strength at all, but I, I get around. I'm, I'm, I'm a rogue hacker, in a sense. Right. I jump off, and I just barely dodge the grasp of her catching me. This is where you want to enjoy the game by taking out the rolling in your head and playing it like a movie or a book or when you're reading a book you you get to see the story play and it makes it a lot more enjoyable so i jumped off the roof halfway down i grabbed my grappling hook shooting up to catch myself and i'm doing so great i'm such a nimble wonderful little hacking kid who smacks hard into the side of the bulletproof glass window because I didn't roll bad, but I didn't roll great. You just didn't roll good enough. You succeeded at what you wanted to do, but you just got Not a dislocated arm in the process. That's right. Dislocated arm and falling the rest of the way. Not damaging myself, well, besides the dislocated arm, and limping off. So, while Matt was taking pair car doing all of this my character is sitting in the lobby being what he does best being annoying trying to find a way upstairs but he couldn't get past the security gate so we're just going to ignore my character he's not doing anything pivotal at this point justin and sam though is where the mission really gets exciting they take mr drummond upstairs to the, I can't remember, the STEM pool is what Eric called it, the office pool. And as they're walking it by, every employee goes, what the heck is this guy doing back? Didn't he get fired? Why is he here? They go to the corner office. Mr. Drummond is so happy. He starts pulling out his awards. I believe Eric said there's an award for coloring in the lines and <laughs> award for successfully completing a level one Sudoku. Basically to say that these awards are pointless and the guy's an idiot. He has an award for hitting the ball once and he's got a big bat on it. And he's sitting there in his corner office trying to flirt with Sam's character and say, Hey, look at all these awards. I'm a big shot. While this is happening, the employees of Microdeck are truly agitated and they are starting to weaponize themselves they're grabbing box cutters envelope openers a I think eric said a couple of them had a stapler and they were getting ready to attack mr drummond because they did not want him here and it was at this point where sam and justin realized that he did not belong there that's right you'll remember earlier i mentioned that he had his virtual reality golfing pictures hidden tightly in his phone mm -hmm. but he didn't have his blackmail list hidden very well he was blackmailing everybody in that office basically they were doing the work and he was getting all of the credits there was also another program in his phone that was a heavily used dictionary and a heavily used uh, what was it that eric said Computer programming for dummies. For dummies. That's yeah. right. 
Yes. So these people are intimidated by Justin's character and they quickly realize, wait, let's just kill this Drummond. We'll hire this intimidating guy to do it for us. They literally, at this point, start pooling their money together. I remember Eric saying, one of the fellas in the office goes, well, I've got 3000 for my wedding fund, but if it'll get rid of this jack wagon, here you go. Yeah, so I get a message from my fixer that says, job well done. Here's because we got him back into micro deck. That's right. We got him back into micro deck. And then he sent another one saying, here's another job. Get him out of micro deck. <laughs> By any means necessary. Yep. So I, as the 19-year-old hacker, not really cold-blooded killer at all. But we're in the year 2075 where you're not really not going to probably seek that out as an option to complete a job. So I first try to threaten Drummond. You know, I remember I've, I've hacked his phone. I've got all his information. I've threatened to reveal who he is. I've threatened to get rid of all of his photos that he loves so much. And he keeps telling me to... Basically, screw off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. he was happy being back on the on his throne, if you will. Yeah, he was. After many threats, I sent a contract to Justin's character, who is excited. It's yes. after dealing with this character for over forty-eight hours of yes. annoyings. Yeah. At this point, Justin and Sam's character had actually left and went back down to the lobby when Justin got the contract. So he quickly heads back up with security. He says, I can get Drummond out of here for you. And they agree. So he starts to head back up. And while he's heading up, I'm actually texting Drummond saying, there's a hit on your head. He's on his way right now. Continuing to scare him, continuing to get him to get out of this alive, doing my best to allow him to live so at this point, you're basically pleading with him. Hey, just leave. That's exactly right. I've even sent him video footage on it. Just it and building it up, building up the fear within him. He's at this moment taking a chair to bust open his window, just busting it, busting it. And as soon as Justin opens the elevator door. Pulling out his weapons, Drummond busts out the window and jumps. Three stories high. He successfully makes the landing with uh, a little, you know, damage. A little, yes. He he wasn't going to make it off of the property. No. Um, Then he goes to his phone to contact somebody, but just before he makes any calls, I had erased everything on his phone i made the threat to do so and i did i erased everything on his phone and he had nobody to get a hold of so you you bricked it well i didn't brick it i mean it still worked because i sent him another little video of justin's character setting up for a shot his head was in the cross scopes so drummond texts me says i give 
I send over to Justin's character. Contract's over. Paid in full. But that wasn't enough. It, his character decided to take the shot, which we can't really fault him for it. His character doesn't get angry, but his character does get... Perturbed. He's perturbed enough that he took the shot. Uh-huh. And I'm happy he did take the shot. Because I now have a rating six cell phone. Uh, my character is conflicted <laughs> by it. But the job's done. And he's gone. And at the very end of the mission, as... Sam's character and the sec- the security guard, they're deciding to go get some breakfast. They're done dealing with us idiotic men, doing our idiotic things. Who stops to give me a hug but the security guard? This is the meta part. Everybody was laughing for some reason, but you and I still don't know why. No, I think they're... I, and that's just it. I think either they're reading too much into it, or we're not reading enough into it. Uh, yeah. We're, I, knowing Eric well enough, I'm pretty sure we're not reading enough into it. <laughs> well, I'm going to run with it. There you go. <laughs> so that was our mission. That was the mission we just did. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I hope you found some of our anecdotes as funny as we did. And I hope maybe you learned a little bit from the discussions Matt and I just had. Because this game we just played yesterday it had a lot of problems where we could have meta and we could have altered the game and we could have made it a lot easier for ourselves if we wanted to but that wouldn't be role playing hopefully you can take some of our examples and lessons that we did today and implement them into your own game that being said we'll wrap up episode 2 of meta no meta please make sure to like share and subscribe and please send us an email at meta no meta podcast at gmail.com let us know what you think let us know what you like what you don't like let us know what we could do better i hope everybody has a good night if those dice are hot keep rolling them thank you